on about how God is always purifying us and using every circumstance to purify us and using even tribulation to purify us. And this person said something along the lines of, I don't need to be purified anymore. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not that bad. That was the, the, the quote. I am not that that bad. And I didn't know how to like respond to this. I'm not the Tabkulana mission not that bad. And into Batilo Nas, like into you know, like no one's like bad, no one's out there killing people and but this idea that I'm not that bad, although maybe it has an element of truth, Yani we're not like killers and murderers, but it's a very, 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 very dangerous thought. It's a very dangerous thought. And it's actually very contrary to the teaching of the church. If one considers themselves not that bad, they might consider themselves righteous. And our Lord did not come to call the righteous. And when, when we say things like this, it's like in essence saying we have no need for a savior. Yani, right now we're studying the book of Romans in our Bible study. And St. Paul, he makes it very clear. There is no one who is righteous. Not the Gentile, not the Jew. Everyone, he says in Romans 3, he says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So when one thinks they are not that bad, I wonder, then how do they pray in the Agbeya? And call themselves the chief of sinners. Don't we call ourselves the chief of sinners? We say, who loves the righteous and has mercy on the sinners of who I am? Chief. Then you're a chief sinner or not the chief sinner? All of us, we are the chief sinners. If we say things, we are not that bad, I feel like we have become like the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they were not that bad. And that's why the Vespers, the gospel that we read last night, it was about the gospel from Luke 18. It was about two people who go to the temple to pray. And the Pharisee goes to pray. And when he prays, he says, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. He says, God, I thank you. I'm not like the other bad people. The extortioners, the unjust, the adulterers, even this tax collector. I fast, I give my tithe. And then the tax collector, who was standing afar off, said he would not raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And then the Lord says, I tell you that this man went to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be Exalted. The one who is justified before God, the one who is justified by God, before God is the one who humbles himself, the one who admits that he is a sinner. It is the one who repents, the one who repents. And that's why I want to speak about repentance. The first thing that I want to say about repentance is repentance is renewal. Repentance is renewal. In the gospel of today, our Lord speaks about new wine and old wine skins. And he says no one puts new wine into old wine skins or else the new wine will burst the wine skins and be spilled and the wine skins will be ruined. When wine is new, 
there's a lot of chemistry going on in the new wine. And so there's fermentation and bubbles and hagat kitir is going on. And so if you put this new stuff into an old brittle material, the old wineskin is going to become fragile. Like the old wineskin already endured, like maybe it became old because it was used before. So now it's become brittle. So now it can't withstand all the pressure and all the stretching and the enzymes and all the stuff that's going on in the winemaking process. So then the, the wineskin, the old wineskin, if you put new wine into it, it will, it will break. And this, so this is like a recipe for disaster. And this wine reminds me of another wine. It reminds me of the Eucharist. We cannot take something so holy and put it into something old and defiled. The old, defiled body needs to be renewed first. It needs to be renewed first. And that's why new wine has to go into new wine skins. And if you look at the Greek words that are actually used in this passage, there's two Greek words that are used for the same English word for new. New wine uses the Greek word neos, and that word means something that was not there before, something that is new with respect to age. But when he refers to the wineskin, the new wineskin, he actually uses a different Greek word. He uses the Greek word, kainos. That's my Greek side. And it means unused, unworn, or fresh. So it, this word shows us that the old wineskin can actually be renewed. It can be renewed. And how is the old wineskin renewed? How are we renewed? We are renewed in baptism. That's why you need to be baptized before you take the new wine. You take the baptism. And what's the second baptism is? Is repentance. Repentance is? Is renewal. It is refreshing. And that's why I think as a church, and me being the first... We need to be better at repentance and confession. Kulena. Because we keep trying to put new wine into the old wine skins. And this cannot work. And this is why we feel so frustrated in our spiritual life. We can't put new mind into an old mind. Like we can't live new way and we have an old mind. How do we want to live according to a new way? And we have an old mind. We need a new mind and a new body so that we can live according to the commandments of God. We can't simply continue with old ways. The new covenant, this is the cup of the new covenant. The new covenant needs a new response. And repentance is at the heart of repentance. The start of the gospel, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repentance is change. Repentance is a new response. Repentance is a change of direction. So all of us, we need this renewal. That's why the psalmist and what we pray so frequently in Psalm 50, we say, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Without repentance, without renewal, 
we become nominal Christians. Nominal Christians. Nominal. Even worse, maybe I like the term carnal Christians. Carnal Christians, that is an oxymoron. Like, it's two opposing things. Because you can't be carnal and be Christian. And St. Paul, he says, to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. He says, because the carnal mind is enmity with God. Enmity against God. The carnal Christian cares more for their carnal pleasure than their spirituality. Carnal Christians refer, prefer gluttony to fasting. Yani, just as an aside, I think one dangerous wave that is happening now in our church is no one fasts. And this is very dangerous. In a few years, the like repercussions of a church that loses this fruit, this spirit that loves fasting... Then we'll become carnal Christians. Well, carnal Christians, that doesn't exist. <laughs> that doesn't, that's not a thing. It's not like, it can't happen. A carnal Christian prefers gluttony to fasting. A carnal Christian prefers lust to purity. A carnal Christian prefers comfort to asceticism. What is the solution? What's the solution? Each solution? What's the solution? The solution is repentance. The solution is acknowledging these weaknesses and wanting to change. And that's why at the end of the gospel, there is a very interesting verse that said, And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says, The old is, the old is better. Why would someone say the old is better? Why would someone say the old is better? The old is better if I don't understand what is new. We don't know what we don't know, so we are content with what we know. Yeah, we think something is good until we try something better. And then when we try something better, it's like, oh, that wasn't so... You go to one restaurant and then you try another restaurant... And the other restaurant, much better, then you say, I'm never going back to that other one, never again. That one was so bad. When you experience something new, it makes the other one, the old, seem worse. But if you've never tried the new, you're happy with, with the old. And I think many people, unfortunately, in this age, prefer to live in ignorance. And they don't know the beauty of living with God. They don't see the beauty of, of denying oneself. And so they give in to the lusts of the flesh. And this leads us to another reason why the old is better. The old is better because often we are deceived by the passions of the flesh. We're deceived by instant gratification. But then I want to give you like a test here and show which one you would choose. In Galatians chapter 5, Galatians 5 is famous for... What's in Galatians 5? Ishanar? Galatians 5. As the fruit of the Spirit. Before St. Paul speaks of the fruit of the Spirit, he talks about the works of the flesh to be carnal. And look at how he compares. He says the work of the flesh is evident. He says it's adultery. 
It's fornication, it's uncleanness, it's lewdness, it's idolatry, it's sorcery, it's hatred, it's contentions, it's jealousies, it's outbursts of wrath, it's self-ambition, it's dissensions, it's heresies, it's envy, it's murders, it's drunkenness, it's revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand. And just as I told you in past time, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he goes on and says, the fruit of the spirit, the next verse, he says, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Into which one do you want? Do you like which list? Between the... How can you say the old is better? The old is the better. The old is like so ugly. The new is so much better. So don't be deceived by the instant gratification of the old. The old sometimes is better because the new requires me to struggle in my spiritual life. And I'm lazy. And I don't want to struggle in my spiritual life. And there's a principle in physics that says, a body at rest tends to stay at rest. And so I don't want to struggle against anything. I just, and I'm happy the way I am. I'm okay. I'm not that bad. I'm, why do I need to struggle more to be better? And I'm okay. But this misses out on what the Pauline epistle was saying today, that we are at war, that there is spiritual warfare. And someone in warfare, he says, I'm not that bad. No, you have to struggle. You have to fight against the passion of the flesh. That's what... Uh, St. Paul said in Ephesians today, he said, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principality, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age. Until you guys realize we're at war, we're, no, no, I'm okay. Do you want to struggle in the spiritual life? Or, ah, it's okay, we'll just go through whatever. Ah, it's okay, everybody else is doing it. One church father said, if you succumb to sin, repent before the Lord, ask for forgiveness, and rise to fight again. And do so until death. I'll say that again. If you succumb to sin, repent before the Lord, ask forgiveness, and rise to fight again, and so until death. And do so until death. Another reason times we think the old is better is I get discouraged in my, my spiritual life from this continual following. And this is why, like one church father, he said something so nice. He said, let no one despair of salvation because of the enormity of their sins. Sometimes I see myself as the worst person that ever existed. And if you can think of the mind that Matthew had and how he was despised and probably hated by everyone, he probably thought of himself as like the worst of the worst. But the worst of the worst is the one that Christ chose to be his disciple. So one church father said, let no one despair of salvation because of the enormity of their sins. Levi was changed from a publican to an apostle. He was changed from a tax collector to an apostle. This is, change is possible through repentance. Through repentance. The last parable that I will I'll leave you with is a parable from... It's a parable from Matthew chapter 21. It's a parable of two sons. And the two sons, 
the, the father asked something of one of the sons, and one of the sons said, like the father asked, son, go to work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went and did it. Then there was another son, and he said to the second son, go and work in my vineyard today. And the second son said, Hadith. I'm going. But then he did not go. And then the Lord asked, which of these two sons did the will of his father? Which one? The first. And Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. Why? Because the first one, he didn't listen, he disobeyed, he fell, he did a lot of things, but later he came to his senses. He regretted it, and he went and did it. And this should be inspirational to us. We might not have listened the first time, but we should listen the second, the third, the fourth. Yanni, we should listen, yeah? We should listen. I hope today we have this spirit of repentance. We have a church of repentance where everyone is acknowledging their sins, acknowledging their weaknesses. This is the beauty of the church. To have the spirit of, of repentance, this makes us new so that we can have the new wine in us. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.